Hey, um, really quickly, who is planning on coming tomorrow night? I'll try. I don't want to hear I'll try either yes or no because it's. No. No. Uh, yes. Yes. And we need to know by find out because because that was part, that was our fault. For like yeah, a month, like a long time. We just that. Um, well, if if there's no response, we're not doing it. Is he right? All right. You know. The second song, this is my question. Um, the second song, I, I, I just want to tell you something really quick. Um, one of the lines in that song is, is you pray in the fight and you watch it turn. And I, I just got hit tonight with how many times that has happened in my life where, where I'm in the middle of a spiritual fight and I can't win and I know I can't win. And I just fall to my knees and I call upon God. And I see the fight turn. And when you when you when you get that experience under your belt, it becomes almost automatic to turn to God when you're experiencing difficult times. Can somebody get him a ball? Just don't throw it at him, dude. He's like. All right. What I do want to talk to you tonight about, that, that was just something that struck me, that, that when, when you learn to rely upon God, you will see that God is faithful always, always. It's not sometimes, it's not when he wants to be. He is always faithful. When, when you surrender to him and, 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 you, and you just fall to your knees and let him, he will get you through every battle that you face. Um, Trinity and Amherst, you're not going to talk the whole time. Um, tonight, though, I want to talk to you about something a little different. As Christians, there's going to come a time when, when we're all going to have to stand before God. And I want to talk about, first, do you know what that means? Secondly, are you sure of the outcome? But let's pray. Dear God, we just glorify and honor you tonight, God. We, we praise your name, God. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for, for saying you move within this youth group, God. God, we know that we, um, we, we have a good time. We have a lot of fun, God. But when it comes time to get serious and to praise you and to, to learn about you, God, that, that we're able to do that, God. We pray that as the message comes forth tonight, that everybody in this room gets a clear understanding of their relationship with you, God. When, when, what's going to happen when they, when they come into your presence, God, and, and let them have that assurance that, that you've given us, God. We just pray for the Holy Spirit. We invite the Holy Spirit into this room tonight, and we just pray that you move in somebody's life and somebody's heart. And we just thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, see, we will all stand before God. And there's a song, like, I don't know how old it is. And I think the name of it, one of the lines in it, I think the name of it is, I can only imagine. Because 
I haven't heard it in a long time, but when I was preparing this message, I, that song kept popping into my head. And, and I just, I look forward, I mean, I, I'm on this earth, and I'm on this earth to do something, so I look forward to being here. But I also, I mean, it's going to be so amazing, standing in God's presence. Wondering, you know, all this time we, we just think we know what it is and we can only imagine, but what's it really going to be like? And, and the thing is, this is a truth, it scares people. The creator of the universe, we are going to have to stand in front of at one point. And it may be, you know, it could be, there could be a horrible accident. Or, or there could be an outbreak of, like, contagious diseases. Or, or, or Jesus could come back. We don't know. But it's something that we all have to do at one point or another. And we all must face this. There's, there's no escape. See, Romans 4, 14.10 says, You then, why do you judge your brothers or sisters? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. We can't judge each other. Because none of us are perfect. But there's a perfect God in heaven. You know, we can't, we can't have our friends come before us and go, oh, you're guilty of this, you're guilty of this, and, and, and like judge them, because we've all done bad things. Romans 14, 12 says, For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. Each of us will give an account of himself to God. See, there's no way out of this meeting. It is going to happen. It is completely assured that it will happen. It's not like when you're in school and you wake up and you have a math test and you pretend that you're sick, so you don't have to go. That's, you can't, God, I'm, I'm sick, man, I can't, I can't meet with you today. Just, can I slide by and just go right into heaven? It doesn't work like that. We all have to do it. We've all, we've all pretended that we were sick from school. Come on. Yes, yes. Um, see, the, the, this appointment, it's an appointment that you have with God at some point in the future. And it's unavoidable. You're not going to be able to get out of it. We will stand before the judgment seat of God. And you can't make an excuse when, when you're accounting for the things of your life. You can't say you're a victim. You can't make excuses. You can't say people were mean to you. You can't justify your actions. You just have to stand before God. That could be scary if you don't know what's going to happen. See, we can't take chances with disappointment. You can make excuses. You can claim to be a victim. You can justify your actions here on this earth. But God's not going to buy it. You see, we can't, we, we must know before that appointment takes place that things are right with God. We must know that we have his favor. And if you're a believer, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have that favor. You have that. You have that assurance. I'm not trying to build this up and like scare people. I'm trying to let you know what, what to expect. And, and, and you must know the outcome. And this is what the book of Romans is all about. I've been talking a lot from the book of Romans the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm actually, it's a, another course that I'm taking for my next level of being a pastor, credentials. Um, and I'm, I'm studying, I'm taking the final 
within the next week or so. But I'm, I've been really getting into this subject. And, and Romans is all about knowing that we are ready for this meeting. And, and I have a question that you ask yourself in the head and you don't say anything. You don't scream out the answer. You don't talk to your neighbor, Michael and Micah. Stop talking. Are you ready? Are you ready for this meeting? This unavoidable meeting that there's no way out of. You can't, you can't skip past it. You can't pretend you're sick. It's going to happen. But that's what the book of Romans is about. It's about knowing that you are in right standing with God. The meeting's going to be okay. The meeting will turn out okay if you are in right standing with God. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are okay. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior while you are here on this earth, you have the favor of God on your life. And, you know, a lot of you don't live like you realize that. You know, part of, part of, yes, salvation is the big thing. We go to heaven. We're saved. We get to spend eternity with God. But we forget that also part of the, that whole package that we get is the favor that God pours or wants to pour upon our life. Most of us don't have God's favor because we don't realize that we're supposed to have God's favor. We're children of a king. It's about accepting his grace. We don't deserve any of this. I know I don't. Believe me, I don't. Except I, I don't deserve God's grace. I don't deserve the, the, my Savior dying for my sins. Really, man. No, you're not. You're sorry that you got caught. No, it's fine. My phone's over there. Oh, is it? Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. I was. I. I have been being very judgmental down here in youth group. Um. Part. Part of the. Part of the cell is that you don't get up and. Oh, Nick. I'm sorry. So you must forgive me. See, the first thing that we have to do is we must, we, we have to realize how, how we gain right standing with God. And there's differing thoughts on this in our world that's kind of messed up. Um, there, there are people who, who believe that we get right standing when we stand before God based on our actions. Based on like our religious practices, like I don't know, you, you go to church every Sunday, and you know you, you do the cross thing, and, and um, no, we don't talk about stuff. We don't. It's um, but but it's it's some people think that religion is going to to get them into right standing with God. You see, there was this guy named Abraham. And many people, many people justify this line of thought, saying, right, 
Abraham, he was the father of all nations. And he had a son named Isaac. And God, God came one day and said, Abraham, you, you have to take Isaac and go to this place. And they went to this place and they got to this place. And then he said, you know, basically, Abraham, you have to sacrifice your son. And Abraham, like, tied his son up and put him on the altar and stuff, was about to sacrifice him. And like I said, no, I'll give you appropriate sacrifice. People believe that because Abraham actually did that, because he was following through on that, that that's what justifies him. What justifies him is that in the end, he knew that God was going to provide a way. He had faith. He, he, his, his actions, what, what justified, what, what brought him in right, right, right relationship with God was knowing that God would provide sacrifice when, when it was needed. Not that he was going to go kill his son because God said it. And, and just so you guys know, if God's telling you to do stuff and it's not, like, right, talk to somebody about that. Talk, talk. God's not going to tell you to rob a bank or, or you know, stuff like that. Um, you see, in Romans, in the book of Romans, Paul explains something very different. See, Abraham was justified by what he believed. And he took action based on what he believed. You see, he was justified by his faith. Because faith, when you have faith, it causes you to take action. He knew he, he, he trusted in a, in a righteous God. See, people put their, some people put their trust in works. They believe that their path to heaven is what they do in this life. But some people put their faith and their trust in faith. See, as Christians, we believe that the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. There, there's no other way. We have the faith that that's true. We know that we've been given grace, and therefore we're obedient. And the good works flow actually out of our faith. Like, I, I did good stuff today, I think. Huh? I said, I went to the, I went to the, where did I go today? I did something good, I don't know. I picked, there was something in the lunchroom that wasn't mine, and I picked it up. So, so I did something good today. I just can't think of it right now. Um, but you see, it's not about what we can do. It's about what, what God has done. And if we don't understand how we are justified before God through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we can't confidently serve God. We'll always be concerned about our future. See, we must believe that that favor with God is based on what God has done, not what we've done. Did I do anything? must have been something. You see, it, our favor with God is not based on what we've done or what we will do. Because you know what? If, if I can't think of something nice that I did for something, somebody today, I'm going to do something nice for them tomorrow.
but it's not what we, we've done or will do. See, the problem is human nature. In Romans 4.2, it says, if in fact Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. See, as humans, we all, we all boast about all the good stuff that we do. Like, like I see it a lot this, this time of year. Like tonight is in a couple of weeks, and you know we get a lot of donations for candy, and you know there's very few people that actually come in and bring in their bag of candy and just leave it by the office door or leave it in the bed. It's usually donating a bag of candy. Where should I put this this giant bag of candy? Should I just like like like? Do you see how much candy I'm bringing in? Do, do you see that? So so so. That's like a dance. But, but, but I see it. And, and they're, not, they're not doing it. They're not doing it. Possibly on purpose. Some, some of them want the credit for it. Um, but, but a lot of times they're just doing it because it's human nature. You want people to see your good works. So they, they do that. They, they, it's just, it, it can, you know, you see, we can't take pleasure in the good works because that's just, that's, that's our, we, we want that. But God's provided a way through, through Jesus Christ. See, Scripture says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness in Romans 4.3. You see, the Bible shows that righteousness is freely given by a generous God. Righteousness means that we were made in to be in right standing with God. And he gives that to us as, as a gift. You see, it says that in Romans 3, it says that it was credited to him as righteousness, that God credited it to him. That means God gave it to him. When, when somebody gives you a credit, they give it to you. Like if you guys know about pay, you'll, eventually you'll learn to pay like your bills and stuff. If you get a credit on, on like your electric bill, it means that they're giving you something. God's crediting righteousness to, to Abraham in that scripture and to you. You see, if you, does anybody take accounting? All right, if you ever saw the movie Scrooge, they, they keep all the books and everything. And, and, and in the books, there's, there's what are called ledgers. And the ledgers have columns. See, one, one will show the credits and one will show the debits. And God credits, God puts in your credit column all of this righteousness. He just, he just gives it to you. And then he puts in Jesus' debit column all of our sin and all of our wrongdoing and all of our failure. Nick, take the hood off. You see, when we accept what God has done for us, we receive his forgiveness. We receive his companionship. And we receive his generous and abundant favor. And most of us don't realize that that favor is even available to us. You see, when you, when you work, is it another way to put it? 
you receive what are called wages. You get paid for doing a job. Some of you are starting. Um, you see, when, when you get when you earn wages, you have to work for that. When you're given a gift, it's freely given to you. Are you sure you won't get fired? No, I swear. They want to raise my paycheck now. I got fired a lot when I was here. In Romans 4, 4 to 5, it says, Now when a man works, his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the man who does not work but trusts God, who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. You see, when you work, you have an agreement with the person that you're working for. If you work, you get paid. If you don't work, you don't get paid. So you have to earn what, what you're getting. But on the other hand, if you're given a gift, and think about it. If you're given a gift, you don't have to work for it. Like, your birthday comes up, you get a gift, you, it's free. It's here. Open this. Like, in, seven, in 73 more days, we're all going to be opening our Christmas gifts. 73 days? 73 days. Can days be as long as Guys, why does everything need a comment? I could be dry and just, like, not have any examples and just sit there and just like not use any book. But but if that's if I get comments and have to shush you guys all, all the time, I have to do that. Um, see, if, if you if you earned your gift, it would be an obligation. There would also be withdrawals. And as humans, any withdrawal that, that we would get get taken out of our account would override any good stuff that we can do just because of our sin nature. See, our failures would be more than our successes. Our sins would far outweigh our good works. Like like those people that bring in the light like, tonight candy. Ooh, look, look what I got. Look what I got. Whoa. The, the, who knows what's going on in their life? See, God's favor, this is what you need to understand. God's favor is a gift. It is unearned. We did not do anything for it. It was undeserved. We were sinners. God is perfect. God doesn't owe us any favors. He created us. He gave us free will. But he gives to us because he loves us. And the gift he gives us is so abundant. And if you're not accepting that gift, you need to see what, what's going on up here. Because it's yours. All you have to do is accept it. You see, you must accept your inheritance. And it's really, it is an inheritance. It's God just, this is yours. You're part of the family. Take it. Romans 4.13 says, It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received, received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through righteousness that comes by faith. 
And then in 418 it says, Abraham, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. See, it was a promise. Abraham is in the line of people that led to Jesus. And God promised him. It was not, there was no law saying that he had to be the father of all nations. You see, the call to leave, there was a place called Ur. You are. And it happened when, when Abraham left Ur and started obeying and started doing these things for God. It was an act of faith. And it was an act of faith because it occurred way before God gave the law. It's the first, you know, in the beginning of the Bible. You see, God's people were, were spiritual descendants of Abraham. Therefore, we are God's people. We are people of promise. Just like Abraham lived by God's promises, so do we. You see, a Christian reality is based on a couple of things. What's seen, and what is unseen. That's, that's our reality, what we see and what we don't see. And that's what makes up every, the universe. Do you know scientists have discovered this matter called dark matter? It's not evil, is it? I mean, nobody really knows what it is. But, but it's, it's, it, it exists, we just can't tell that it's there. It's called dark matter. It, it has weight, it has mass, but we can't find it. It's what's seen, the planets and the stars, and, and we were looking at the moon through the telescope a couple weekends ago. Um, you can see the moon, but there's stuff there that, that it has to exist, or, or the universe can't exist, but it's, it's referred to as dark matter. See, what we see doesn't take faith, but what we don't see takes faith. And the Christian life, our life is based on faith. And our faith comes from the promises of God. You see, our life experiences show that, that we are saved by faith. And other people's life experiences can, can show the same thing. In Romans 4, 19 to 20, it says, Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. See, our connection to God is always based on faith. And, and we have a world that doesn't get that. They don't understand. How can we have faith in something that isn't there? Well, there's a lot of physicists who have faith in something called dark matter. Because it has to be there. Just like our God, we know that our God is there. It has to be there because of the promises that we've seen. You see, if you look at Abraham's life experiences, 
the father of all nations, descendants more than, than the stars in the sky. His life, he ignored the circumstances. His faith ignored the circumstances. God told him he was 100 years old. He was a saggy. But God made a promise. And he believed that promise. And it's through faith that you believe the promises of God. Faith challenges the odds. He was not supposed, him and Sarah were not supposed to have a baby. They were, they were well advanced in years. But you see, faith makes the impossible possible. So you had two old people, well past the age of having children. They become parents of a child that God promised them. And then they see that God keeps his word. And you can see that God keeps his word too. If you look at the promises in your life. See, faith is always more important than words. God's power is always available through faith. But God's power is never available through good works. You will never experience a miracle just doing good stuff without having some level of faith within your life. You know, you can, you can, you can help as many people as you want. You can, go, you can go rake your neighbor's leaves when the fall comes. It's probably a good thing to do if you have elderly neighbors. And, um, but, but you will never experience a miracle doing good stuff. It's only through faith that you will experience God's work in your life. See, you need to accept God's provision. Romans 4, 23 to 25 says, the words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but for also, also for us to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was delivered over to death from our sin, for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. You see, everything that Abraham received is available to us. We are Abraham's spiritual descendants. Like Abraham, we are called to receive the favor of God. We're, we're called. We're, we have God's favor if we want it. We, we are called to a future that is abundant, whether here on earth or in heaven. I mean, heaven's going to be massive abundance that we can't even imagine right now. We were called to inherit everything that he meant for us. So many guys don't realize what the promises of God are. He wants only good for you. And you still struggle every day as if he doesn't. As if he hates you. And I still remember some of the comments over a year ago. I still have them on my desk and I still pray about them. That you don't think you're good enough. You don't measure up. This, this eats at my heart. And this eats at Danielle's heart. That you guys have, have, have this God that loves you. And you don't think you're good enough. You know what? We're not good enough, but God made a way. God made us good enough. You see, the faith that directed the life of Abraham is available to us. God is still, today, God is still crediting his children 
with righteousness and the many riches of his grace. So how do you respond? Will you ignore God's call? I mean, we're all, we all try to live up to human standards, and we all do good stuff. I mean, I did something I just can't remember. Will you live a life relying on good works to get you heaven? I mean, let's face it. Everybody knows there's something after we die. That's just foolish to say there isn't. Are you just going to try to get there by doing good stuff? Being unsure if you'll ever enter the presence of God? Because if you're relying on good works, did you do enough? No, you can't. Were you good enough in this life to enter into the presence of God? No. Not one of us in this room is good enough to enter into the presence of God. But on the other hand, will, will you hear God's call? Will you decide to live a life of faith? Will you just accept what God's given you? That meeting with God is going to be okay. You have nothing to worry about. He made a way. Will you, are you certain that one day you, you first off, be in the presence of God? And that only comes by, by accepting Jesus. There's no other way. So, so what, what are you going to do with the rest of the time you have? Doing good stuff is cool. You know, one of the things that, that my family does every year is the Operation Christmas Child Packing Party. I look forward to that. I look forward to that as a chance to serve. That is not going to get me into heaven. But it's a cool time to spend with, with my family and other people who care about um, getting these, these shoe boxes that, that go to third world countries and, and, and introduce these kids to, first to give some gifts, but within the box there's stuff that introduces them to Jesus Christ. But I know it's not going to get me into heaven. I, I know the only way for me to get into heaven is to surrender my life to Jesus Christ and accept what God has given me, the free gift of salvation. Um, we're going to, what, what song is... Huh? All right, we're gonna. Is it a slow song? Okay. Um, we're just gonna all stand up and we're gonna worship, and we're gonna have a conversation with God, and we're gonna tell God that that we understand that what what He did for us was undeserved and unearned, and we're also gonna tell them we're gonna tell them that that we know what to expect when we meet him. And I hope, I hope you don't take this time to, to joke around and fool around. I hope you take this time to talk to God. You get, listen, a lot of you are not going to, you're going to leave here and you're going to forget, like Danielle was talking about last week, you're going to forget that you're here until next Thursday. So utilize the time that you're here. Don't worry about what your friends are doing. 
Don't try to impress people. Just take the time to honor the God that made a way.